Hello and welcome to the Just In Stride podcast. I'm your host, Justin Pugliese. If you love endurance sports, you've definitely come to the right place. On this show, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, and professionals who can help us reach our true potential. Being a student of distance running for over 10 years and interviewing people in the sport for the last five, I've learned a ton, but there's always more to discover. Everyone has a story, and I know you'll resonate with each of our guests as we embark on this new journey together. Join us at home, on the road, or while you run. Together, we'll have some fun. So follow along on Instagram at JustInStridePod and your favorite podcast platform and prepare to be inspired. Come along for the ride with Just In Stride. This episode is presented by our friends at Exact Nutrition, a tasty and healthy way for you to fuel your body before, during, and after a solid training session. I can't leave the house without a few fruit bars in my pocket and they never make it back home. Exact is offering you 15% off your order when you use the code JUSTINSTRIDE. So head to exactnutrition.com and fuel your goals today. I always find it interesting when people face challenges in their life and find running. Beyond the finish lines and shiny medals, it's a sport that brings positivity and good health to people's lives more often than not. On today's episode of Justin Stride, I shared ideas with fellow podcaster and marathoner, Tommy Runs. He's had quite the road to health, wellness, and the world of endurance sports. Growing up, he was a multi-sport kid, only truly finding running after choosing a life of sobriety in 2017, and he hasn't looked back. Now he's into all things running, from podcasting to content creation and training. Tommy looks to improve in all distances up to the marathon, while helping others by sharing his own personal journey. Hey Tommy, welcome to Justin Stride Podcast. Uh, it's, hey man, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so, like I, I've been like like in following you and your podcast and all the content that you do. You go by Tommy Runs, which uh, which is very fitting as you're yeah. as you're also a runner. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. No man, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, inviting me, and I'm looking forward to it. And I love the name of the podcast, though. I mean, it's it's a good play on words there. Good, good job on that one. Thanks. Well, it wasn't my first, you know, I, I, it's my second podcast now. So it's my second, you know, second crack at the name. So I think I, I nailed it with the. Yeah, the you absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nailed it. I don't know, what, what was the other podcast name? So I was I was hosting Low Rundown for a while. Uh, oh, OK. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. OK. Five yeah. years, actually. And uh, I mean, that was a good name, too, though. I mean, you, yeah, you, you, you're 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 doing a good job with these names. <laughs> Had to represent Montreal there. So. Um, hope, you know, it wasn't a French podcast, but we had a yeah. little, no, it was uh, good. I liked it. It was, it, I liked the name for awesome. sure. So you had a, you had a big weekend as I understand it. Uh, I saw some, some stuff come out on, on that. Can you tell us about, about it? Oh yeah. This past week, past weekend in, um, in Tahoe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was, um, I got invited to, um, experience and document some of the uh, Broken Arrow Sky Race series um, or festival or weekend. Uh, I was invited by Ultra Sign Up um, to come out there and take over their Instagram and just have fun and experience the trail and ultra energy. And it was just really cool. Like it just, um, you know, four weeks before that, I probably I wouldn't have guessed, you know, that I was going to be there because it was like kind of somewhat of a last minute. Uh, invite but it worked out so perfect um the ultra and trail community was just was you know electric and it was all the things that like you'd kind of want in like a race weekend experience um 
And I ended up actually like, I'm, I'm really have no desire at the moment to like go down the trail road. But, um, and even like after Friday, we watched, you know, like the, the vertical K race, which was insane, you know, um, and on like the end like on a, on the top of a mountain, um, and I would, people are like, oh, so would you, you know, now that you've got like some taste of it, would you run a, a trail, a, a race like this? And I'm like, no, there's not a chance. Like there's, that's just not what I'm trying to do. Then the next morning, uh, like 30 minutes before the 11K, I signed up for the 11K. <laughs> and it was like 2,000 feet of elevation in within 11K. Um, so it was definitely a different experience and it was amazing and all that. So the weekend in, in, in total was just, was it was awesome, and I just can't thank Ultra Sign Up enough for, you know, seeing me and then thinking that I would fit into that um, and taking a chance, too, because I don't know. I'm a roadrunner, so I don't know trail stuff or, like, terminology or any of it. But um, something about my energy, you know, vibed with them, and they said, hey, come out, and they just it was it was great. And and I saw you post about that actually, like just be yourself was it was kind of the messaging yeah. around that, and I thought that was interesting. I mean, I think we should always try to be ourselves, but I think at times in running or in running spaces that can be be difficult, uh, where we might feel like an imposter. I know when I got into triathlon, yeah. I, I felt definitely like I was out of place and didn't belong in that world because I was brand new. And you know, how did you manage that throughout the weekend? Was that a, a difficult thing for you or? Uh, because well, it was running there, there was that common ground well i mean yeah so that post wasn't necessarily i guess i mean i didn't really think about it like that but it wasn't necessarily about like that this past weekend it was just i mean i heard the audio and i and i just and, I, and i'm a big fan of nipsey hustle so it was like i just resonated with it and i mean because at at times there's in our lives there's so many moments where we don't necessarily feel like being ourselves would fit in a moment or it's not good enough for whatever reason because we're comparing ourselves to others um or we just feel like the situation we're in is bigger than us you know and we just can't meet you know match that moment and it's tough to say like just be yourself and everybody it'll work out and it i kind of didn't think about this weekend like that but this weekend was was like kind of like that perfect example I didn't necessarily walk into it saying like, you know, be my, just be you, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I just didn't know anything else to, I didn't know any other thing to do other than be me. Cause I did ask them why they invited me and they just said, Oh, we like your you know vibe and energy and this and that. So I just tried to just be myself as much as possible without like really thinking about it. Um, and maybe just looking back on that weekend that's why maybe that audio resonated so much because i did go there with like this um energy of like just you only way this is going to work and the only way that like if someone watches this will i be happy with the the next step because if somebody reaches out to me you know a company reaches out hey we want you to do this for us i want to make sure that they don't think that like I hopefully I just don't want to present anything that's not me, you know. So the next thing I know, I got to do this again, you know. Mm -hmm. And then being being black in the running space in general is it's um, it's it's tough in a sense that like it you 
you you're trying to fit into a space that doesn't necessarily seem like it's for is it's for you um especially on like the on the content side and on the like the brand alignment and and work side there's not a bunch of us doing that so you all the the successful people for most not all i mean there's a lot of people that are doing really dope things um but most of the, the the blueprints are people that don't look like me and don't talk like me. Um, they're doing great things, but they're just not me. And and so it's easy to kind of fall into like what someone else is doing. You know, like it's easy to look at like a believe in the run and go, um, you know, oh, I got to do something like this or this is the only way it can be done. Um, they're really great friends of mine, too. I love those guys. But it's like it's easy to see something like that and kind of like try to model after it without even thinking about it. Um, so it's just so important that we lock in and just be ourselves And because walking into the trail space where I just assumed I'd be the only black person within like a 25 mile radius in like top, like, 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 like Tahoe, California. But I mean, there were definitely a few others there, but not a lot at all. And it's, it would have been easy for me to get there and just kind of um, fit in. And I, tried to do that as much as possible fit in but while also being true to who i am yeah totally you know and then good for you for going and trying something different too you know and i think that's that's also really important you know considering you know where you're coming from that you're you've got a road background but there's yeah. got to be something reassuring about and we don't always get the feedback immediately mm-hmm. as creators um because we don't, you know, we know, we know it through likes and through clicks and through listens and through all these things. But when you actually get somebody coming to you and saying like, come, come to this event, like we know we, we kind of, we like what you're doing. We like what you're representing. And we think that you would be great for this. You know, I think that's also cool. Yeah. And I think as, as a, from a content standpoint, it's, um, there's so many people that are trying to make content right now and, that's a really great thing. I mean, cause I, I feel like social media is, can be bad. It can be good though, because it could be a form of expression and creativity and, you know, finding your voice in this like never ending, you know, universe of, of content, but it's really easy though, as a content creator to, um, to see, like, to not see the, the, the likes and the shares and the views and the followers and, do something and try to do something to change that um so like for my journey it was different well i I tried my best to to not go viral um i mean it sounds like i'd love to go viral for being yeah i'd love to go viral and like for a video that i post that i feel like is a hundred percent what i am at the moment i want to go viral for that um so i tried my best to never like do a video that's just so like trendy where it's like now I have to like I get a million views on something now I got to do this over and over or now I feel like this is what I need to do or I have to create content for other people to share and like and because oh this is what people will love you know I don't want I don't want to do that um I hope that people love my videos but I I use it as a as a form of like putting together I love putting together a video of like me running in or getting ready or like me and my friends or something that like that I feel represents like what happened today for me or what I care about at that moment or what my friends are doing you know 
Um, so it's a slow grind, but you have to be okay with that unless you are in no shade to the people that make content for the masses because that's obviously needed. Um, but I just feel like for me in this space, I don't ever want to go viral for something that tomorrow or like next month I'm like over it, you know? Yeah. It's like for the long haul, you know, it's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. They say, right. And so, so in, in the reason why I said that too, is, is more for people that like are like trying to grow their following. Um, and maybe don't feel comfortable doing all the stuff that like everybody else is doing. It's just a, just keep doing like the thing that makes you feel like good about yourself. And that's it because uh, you know, you don't want to go, you don't want to be famous for something that doesn't make you feel great, you know? Um, so just keep doing the thing you're doing. And for, it took longer than I would maybe want it to, but eventually you'll get calls and stuff from brands and you'll have more followers. It'll happen. So was that the goal for you going in uh, when you started making content around no, running? Well, no, I, no, I, I literally, when I first started making content around running, it was like, I was already making content like about lifting. Cause I was, after I got sober in 2017, um, 2018 from 2017 to 18, I was in the gym very, you know, very actively. And I was like lifting, got all big and buff and stuff. Um, but I was just making content there too. And I think it was, I think it was, I mean, it, not, I think it was really about, um, at that time and moment in my life it was about um i needed the to hear people say that i was doing a good job i needed like the accolades and like the and the kudos and stuff like that it's just because that's where i was in in i needed that positive reinforcement that like i was doing something like right or good for me you know and i was doing something good for me but i needed to know i, I just needed that the, the, that extra boost you know so i was making content for that and then when i started running i just naturally started making you know more running content. Um, and that was that. And then even the beginning of that moment, I was more so kind of seeing what other people were doing and what works. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well, I'll make a video kind of like that, you know? And then I, that's, but I've slowly started to find my voice in that and got a little farther away from maybe what other people are doing. So when I started it, it was just like a way to have fun, make content and really just get like pats on the back because just to know that I was going in a positive direction and then it eventually turned into like, Oh, okay. Well, people like people get free shoes to do stuff like this, you know? <laughs> and, and then like, Oh, people get, behind you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, people get paid to do this, you know, like, um, then it, then it be kind of came a, then it kind of became like a thing where it's like, well, um, let's, I guess, let's see what, what I can do with this, uh, from here. Where do you, you know, you said you like in the beginning, you, you used it like to get a pat in the back mm -hmm. to, you know, as the, you know, recognition for what you're doing. So, but that evolved. How did yeah. you evolve through that process? Um, From like, from the beginning of like the recognition to like now? Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Cause I mean, you'd say that some people that doesn't go away, but yeah. it doesn't sound like that's the case for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, cause I mean, I, I don't want to project either. I mean, cause there's some people that make content for the, for more people in a wider audience that, you know, are in their purpose, you know, like, and they're doing what makes them happy. You know what I mean? And for me though, 
just specifically for me and maybe whoever else is listening that kind of feels the same way. Like I didn't, I just, I have like this fear of like, of being known for something that really isn't me and doesn't make me feel comfortable, you know? Um, so, cause I think a lot of us, I think me included, or a lot of us look at people that make content for the masses and we just go, Oh, they're just doing this for, you know, whatever likes, and then judge them for something. That's not what I intend to do. And that's, a, a, that's not like what I'm saying. Um, but I just know that like, for me, I couldn't, I don't think that I could be that. And, and as a, a black creator in a, a majority white space, I need every like all the content that I make. I feel like I need I need people that feel and look and grew up like me to be able to see it and go like, okay, that's dope, you know, or oh, that's I, I understand. Um, that just means so much to me. Like, so whenever I make content and pick songs and say certain things, like I literally like do a check in my head to see like what am I what would my what would my friends think, you know, like and I because I have a very close group of like of running friends. Um, like, what would they think about like this post, you know, or like, what would they think about this? And it just like, it keeps me kind of true to like who I am. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like you have to like evolve out of making content for, you know, different types of content, um, do whatever, like literally do what makes you feel good. And if it doesn't, then just reevaluate and just do it the way that when you're done with it, you go like, I'm happy with this, whether it gets a hundred views or a hundred thousand, you know, make sure you you feel good about the thing you just did. And, and how do the people around you feel about what you're doing? Like when you say, you know, I wonder what my friends would think about this one or. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, I think my friends are like, are, are happy and proud of like the stuff that I'm doing. Not, I think they, they, we don't like talk about it all day long. Cause it yeah. Was, but like, you know, I, I think that they, they really rock with what I'm doing. And I think it, it shows in the content that I make and the fact that they're like around and I'm in their content and we were doing it like as a, I would say movement, but as a, as a collective, like we're all like pushing towards the direction of, of not making content, but like of representing what we are in all the different spaces. Um, and then also at this like pursuit to be better, you know, at this running thing, because none of us are trying to be pros. I was just talking to my friend Joe um, about it, about this last night. Um, I mean, we're not pro athletes and nowhere near that, but it's, it's fun to see like folks that like didn't grow up with people running recreationally or for health or for whatever um in our neighbors we just didn't see that you don't see people running like that we just thought like running or jogging is like a white white people thing and to see the several of us moving forward and creating you know future opportunities through this thing called running is uh is just really it's really fun and cool to see and, and so i think that they they appreciate the way i'm going about doing it hmm. yeah that's that's cool yeah and you, you view that sport totally different now like when you look back like you were just mentioning your childhood and your you know friends growing up mm -hmm. could you have ever predicted that you'd be here no man um not even close like yeah no <laughs> uh 
I don't even think that I could picture me being here uh, like a year and a half ago, you know, um, even though I was running then and stuff. I mean, I don't know where here is. It's not like it's like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm a very, I'm a very go do, th go like action oriented type of person. Like if I want to do something, like I'm just going to start doing something, you know, that isn't, that was not the most eloquently said thing that's probably been on this podcast. <laughs> like if I, it's just for so long in my life, I had, I wouldn't say goals, but like desires or wishes and just, they just stay with there. That's all they were was desires and wishes. And, um, didn't think that I was the type of person that w could see something and then just go after it or just start, um, out of fear or whatever, whatever that, whatever that was that would keep somebody from like acting. But in this whole journey since sobriety, I've found out that I am a very action oriented person um and process oriented just to start you know and that's like my biggest thing is is for people in whatever you're trying to do whether it's like you know mental health or running or business or something like you literally can start and do something today yeah totally i mean the, the, like you said fear stops people from from doing a lot of things just the act of starting something something new new challenges yeah. and stuff also uh deter people from starting something completely different and applying change to their life yeah. um can you talk a little bit you mentioned sobriety a few times I, I i did read that in on your website and it's on your it's on one of your hashtags oh, yeah. on Instagram. Oh, yeah. um clearly that's an impactful moment like what brought you there and when was the moment when you were like no more um so yeah i mean it was like a, a i mean i had a very um i wouldn't say long i mean i'm not old that old or anything but i had a decent stretch with like where alcohol and and me were good friends um it wasn't a, the best relationship in the world but um it just it, it got to a point where you know I didn't have any say over it. Was, I wasn't a choice. Like I didn't go like, hmm, maybe today I'll drink, you know, it was just a, that was just part of life and that's who I was and that's how I operated in. There was no, I didn't have any say over it. Honestly, like not looking back, like it seems like when you, I'm from the outside looking in, it's like, Oh, well just, just wait to drink until, you know, later or wait till the weekend. And some people are like that. And, and other like, people uh, addicts or, or people that have issues with you know with addiction um can understand and like it's just alcohol and and drugs and and other subs you know whatever substances that are or just r habits that are addictive um are just at some point it's just too large for to to overcome i guess without digging really deep to figure out where this like started from. Um, so I got to a point where I was just, I had, it was like, it was like waking up um, in a, in almost like immediately look like starting your day off with a loss or on the wrong foot. I mean, because I would, in the end, I was like drinking whatever I didn't finish the night before, you know, like I would just wake up and that's how I got my day going. Um, you know, I drink during the day, all this stuff, and you're just making decisions that are just dangerous and irresponsible. And 
while it's happening, you're just there. And then somehow somewhere way, way back in your mind, you're like, Oh, this is wrong. And this is not good. And this is unhealthy. And, but you just, you just keep going. Um, so I just got to a point where I was like, I need to, I need to tell the truth. I mean, cause that's really what it boiled down to for me was, and I think for so many people that want any change and not about like just addiction is just, you have to, you have to, you have to tell the truth like to yourself or to others. Um, cause it, it switches like it, it removes you a little bit from the thing. Like I was so close to like that, the, my alcoholism that everything that I said was somehow enabling or helping me stay closer to that. So the, the day that I told the truth about what was really happening, how much I was drinking out loud to someone else was like, it created enough, like a, a gap enough for me to, to take a, a real step forward. And I'm just, every time, like I've, I've talked about this, it's like that little gap is like that, like, like a step back in basketball, you know, that creates like this small, like the smallest amount of window for you to take a shot, you know? And to be honest, like the day that I talked to this, I'm called into like employee assistance program. And the day that she had, this lady asked me, like she was going to pair me with a counselor and she asked me how much I drank. And I just, that was like the first time I was like fully said, you know, said what I, you know, the truth. And it created enough gap where I could then maybe try to go about this differently. Cause so many times I tried like, Oh, I'm just going to do like a dry January or, you know, I'm not going to, I'm only going to drink on the weekends, but it would always be like one or two days in, I'd find a reason good, bad or ugly to drink, you know? Was, and, was that, was that a solo thing for you or did you, was it a surroundings? I don't, not to get, like you said, too deep, deep into it, but like, yeah. Or like for the, 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 the steps that I took to. For yeah, no, just like, were you like doing like, was this, do you think an act because of your friends around you or. No, I mean, no, it was, it was. I mean, it was just like, it's kind of a weird, it's, it's a, when you're at your, like, I don't know if I was rock bottom, so to speak, but I mean, when you're, when you're so low, it's like, everything's just so dark and it's like, just not, it's just not a fun place to be. Um, no matter how much you act like everything's fine. It's just a dark place. And it was really, it was a solo like effort in the fact that like, I mean, I wasn't going like, Hey guys, let's go, let's go do this. But it was definitely like with, with I didn't I wouldn't be here without the support of my family and friends through the process, you know. But the first couple of steps that I took were like I did all this in darkness. So I kind of like, you know what, I'm going to go talk to somebody. And it worked out. And she referred me to Alcoholics Anonymous. Like and I was able to walk into those rooms and see that, like, oh, I'm not the only person that like feels like this. And that's when that's like the truth will get you to the point where you feel welcomed somewhere. You know, if you stay true, you'll find your people. Right. And through that, you found other more positive things yeah. in your life through those conversations and those actions. Um, I'm sure. And so like, what is, how was that a, like a really difficult process for you to, to go through? We said change was, is difficult for some people. Especially when um, implementing, you know, new tactics. Yeah, big change, yeah. 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 Oh, no, I mean, to be honest, like, it was, this was, like, that was the first decision or, like, thing that made me kind of realize that I'm not just, like, 
yeah, like me, that I am somebody different than I thought I was this whole time. Um, because it, I wouldn't say it was easy, but the decision to move forward with this the right way um, was the big thing. Like I had to move that big rock, and once once I did, everything else just seemed to kind of fall into place. And I did the, I mean, I did the work. It wasn't like it was just like oh. Day two, I'm sober. This is fine. I mean, I did a lot of work to to get there, but I made this really firm decision, and I didn't know I was capable of making a decision so strong. But I, I, I've only had a couple times where I was like, I was in a setting that was too much for, like, I needed to step away from. Um, but I didn't like. I know a lot of people. I think. I'm gonna be careful like how I say it, but I think that for people who make who want to do something and uh the commitment to it is hard, not necessarily the thing, you know, like if you wanna you commit to a marathon, you know, marathon training is gonna be hard. Like that just is what it is. It's not gonna be easy. Um, you just have to do the work and be smart and stay healthy, all that stuff. But to me, if you make a firm enough decision that you're going to run a marathon, you're going to train for this, then the concept of like running, of getting out the door to run every day shouldn't be hard because it's your decision. Now, if you like made the decision to go train, you want to run the marathon and it wasn't necessarily, you weren't a hundred percent sold on that decision, you know, then it's like, you know, this uh, I don't want to do today or, oh, I got to get this long run and all this other stuff. And, but that's fine. That may not just, that may just mean you, that this isn't, that isn't your thing or you're not ready or you, or you maybe want to reevaluate what your goal is, all that stuff. But once you, if you make a really firm decision that this is what I'm going to be fully dedicated to, then every, everything else kind of falls in place as long as you're aware that, it's going to be a challenging road, but I'm not turning around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just move forward with it and, and good things will hopefully happen. And, and that good thing appears to be your health, you know, in this. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And um, so what did health look like for you? What did the new Tommy look like, you know, sober? Um, I, don't, I mean, no, I don't, I don't know. Like it, I mean, I think I'm, I thought for a, Honestly, for a long time, I just didn't, I didn't know like what I would, who I'd be without alcohol or without being like fun, you know, like I just didn't know like what that was. And way before sobriety, like I thought about like, like how, like when people would say that they're sober or don't drink at all or whatever, outside of like having to have get, gotten or to get sober, um, I'm like, what do you like, like, how does that happen? Like, what do you do? You know? Um, like how so do you get re- how do you get ready for the party? You know, like, like what do you what do you do at parties? Like <laughs> yeah. what do you do at home? Like what do you do watching the game? What do you do when you golf? Like what do you do when you're upset? Like what do you do when you're happy? Like I don't even know what this means. Yeah. Like so I walked into like those those like AA meetings and people would say that they were like sober for twenty years or like okay let's just let's bring that back. Twenty years is a long time. People would say that they were sober for like one year or five years and I was like ten days in and I'm like like what are you talking about like how does that even you know but um i found out that i'm i'm pretty close to the same it's just i'm not 
like I'm more me than I've ever been, you know? And I think that like people think that when they're on like a substance or something, they're, they're able to tap into like a better version of like the fun person. You know, I think you are that you are what you, you, it has to be in you for it to happen anyway. Like you don't like, you don't have a drink and then turn into somebody else. Typically Um, you just, it just shows what, it just shows a little deeper, like maybe what you really are thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out that I was just, I'm kind of funny still and whatever, kind of chill. And <laughs> I, don't, I thought it was going to be this bigger thing. Like I was going to walk out like super, like, you know, <laughs> like, like either super lame or super wise, but I'm neither one of those, I hope. So I'm right yeah. down the middle. But I find like you can, you know, the, the interesting thing with these classes maybe that you're going to is that, <clears throat> you found like common ground through, you know, not a passion like running is, but through something like an experience mm-hmm. and that helps you to grow. And that's what running does also. Yeah. So like, how did you, how did you find running? And, you know, maybe that's part of what you like about running too, is that you're sharing this together and mm-hmm. you can grow with this together yeah um so i found running because i was already i was in the gym for like a year um and i was very committed to like weightlifting and and just health in general and just feeling good because what the first thing i realized like you know a couple few weeks into the sobriety was like dude i don't even like the way i look like i don't like the way i feel um so like i just started hitting the gym and so i was already tapped into like that physical you know being physical and trying to like regain like that control and went then I then I out of a dare I guess like um or like a challenge I went like vegan for two weeks and felt so much better after like this is like in February of like 2018 and I felt so good that I was like oh let me keep going and then I watched a couple documentaries and I'm like oh okay well this is why I feel better and this is why I'm not going to go back so I've been vegan since 2018 as well and then a client of mine, uh, the owner of the company, was like, hey, you know, you're in Detroit. I'm in Chicago. We run the Rock and Roll Chicago Half Marathon every year to raise money for a charity called Move for Hunger. I strongly advise and suggest everyone to look it up. It's a really cool organization. Um, but we, he's like, hey, come raise, so help us raise some money. So I think, I don't, I don't know what I think I raised. I think maybe like two, three thousand dollars something like that. Um, and decided to kind of train for that air quotes um which was just like going out the door wearing the wrong shoes running two miles and then tomorrow the next day trying to run three the next day trying to run four and then i end up getting like a, a, a stress fracture in my like foot but i still ran the race um and i just liked the fact that it was new and challenging and um with the veganism part came looking into a, a healthier body maybe than just just lifting and trying to be big. So it kind of like put me in the right position to be like, maybe running is good for you and maybe this lighter, leaner version of me maybe could be cool. Um, so then I just kind of went down that road and then found like Rich Rolls like books soon after that because I was since sobriety, I was definitely into like audio books and listening to stuff that kind of helped me continue to go down the, the proper mm-hmm. road. 
mm-hmm. um, then listen to his book. And I'm like, dude, this guy's me, but like white. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, but then I was like, I, cause he, you know, he had a, he was an alcoholic and he had like a, this random like midlife crisis moment and like found, you know, sobriety and found like, you know, tapped into ultras and things like that. And I was like, that, this is like, this is perfect. So I kind of just use that to know like, oh, there's a different, there's an end to this. And look at him now. He's like, you know, he's a, he's a podcaster and he's got a book and all that. So I'm like, this is obviously a road that can be traveled. So I just kind of kept going and then started training and really liked it. And then it comes back to, you know, the kudos and all that stuff, you know, and, and so many people were proud of me, like, cause they, I don't, not too many people knew like how dark it was for me. Um, even people really close, like they just realized, oh, he drinks or whatever, you know, cause I wasn't like a, I didn't, I wasn't like outwardly, like I didn't do crazy things, you know? So I was kind of like a quiet alcoholic, I think. Um, but people that knew that that's what I did and maybe saw stuff that maybe they just didn't talk about started to like speak up more and say how proud they were and all that. And you just, you don't even know like what people, what that does for people that maybe really need to hear it at, you know, at a moment. Um, so I just kept going and liked the process. And it also kind of reminded me of sobriety in the sense where it's like you literally just one day at a time is one of the biggest sayings in 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 Alcoholics Anonymous and literally it's you know I I got a tattooed on my arm now it's like one blank at a time so like I've heard you know people just one mile at a time you know one day at a time one you know rep at a time one something at a time you know and and it just felt like a very physical version of of sobriety in a way um and it's really long game it's like you know, you just have to, you don't have to, but you can just lock in and stay committed to this running thing for many different reasons. And if you do all the stuff around it that that you need to, to stay healthy, it can be a really transformative thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know where to go from there. Like there's so many things I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> who, who dared you, who, 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 uh, challenge you to the vegan thing because like that's uh that's no easy feat and i'm also vegan so that's that's yeah. really cool well um, it was actually like it was actually a friend it was a friend that she, she was like um it was a vegetarian challenge actually um but like two days into it i realized like all i was eating was like egg and cheese you know not all i was eating but that's the only thing that was holding me back from like the the next vegan step um and i know i knew some people from back when I lived in Massachusetts to a couple that were vegan for like 10, 15 years at the time. And that was way before it was cool. So I couldn't imagine like what they were eating. Like, you know, like in my head, I'm like, were they eating cardboard, you know, but it was, you know, they were very, very healthy people and they didn't look like what I thought a vegan would look like, you know, like dude could, I mean, he was strong dude, you know? Um, And so like, I'm like, oh, cool. Well, maybe I could do that. So like, I took the eggs out, took the cheese out. And then within three, four days, like, I just felt like this, I don't know. It's just, it was like a pure, like clean energy feeling, you know? And for it to, for me to have gone, taken alcohol out of my life, feeling much better, 
then to go vegan and feel better than that change just seemed like it blew my mind. You know, like if you if you're drinking every day, like all day for years um, and stopping that doesn't feel as good and as crazy as going vegan does like i'm like okay something's something's here we gotta figure this out yeah yeah it's it it is like transformative i have to say like and you'd feel great i think that's the one thing i noticed too like i was pretty healthy before but Mm -hmm. switching to a vegan diet and like you said the documentaries and then yeah the the list goes on i I have that ritual book too and it's like one thing after another it's just like this snowball effect of uh positive change and yeah and then you're like well why not like well i don't need i don't need meat like i don't drink a ton but like i, I considered you know maybe i don't need that you know mm-hmm. after all like non-alcoholic beers taste pretty good now so <laughs> maybe that's yeah, uh, and they say like people are drinking less you know which is um i don't know what that's attributed to but it's like I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe kids are getting smarter and they realize they don't need to be like, you know, drunk at school. I don't know. Do you, you know, you said that, you know, sometimes you need to hear something and, and people don't always realize that. Do you think people are listening to you now and uh, maybe are impacted by what you're saying? I hope I hope so. Um, I'm not, uh, I'll never say like I'm here to inspire anyone or whatever. I'm just... I mean, I'm just oversharing, you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I'm going to share because, you know, my truth set, <laughs> my truth set me free. Um, <laughs> such a loser. Uh, you know, my truth. That'll my be truth, your oh, promo clip, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Keep the loser part in there, too. Um, you know, my truth, like, opened the door for me to, like, take a step in the right direction. But then when I got to the Alcoholics Anonymous rooms, other people sharing is what did it. Cause I walked into a room of people that had no, I mean, it was a, it was a room full of like middle-aged to older, you know, some senior citizen type vibe, uh, white people that in a nice area, I when I walked in, it was like, I mean, it was like a, um, I think it was like a, I forgot what kind of car it was, but it was like, Jesus, like, you know, I thought like maybe like the guy owns a place, you know, it turns out it was one of the guys in the thing and it's like a multimillionaire, like it just come to find out um, in there, like sober for 10 years and comes every week for 10 years, you know, anyway. So like, I thought I walked into this room like this, this isn't for me. They're not going to understand what I'm saying. They're not going to, there's no way that I can relate to these people. Um, and I'm sure they might've thought the same thing or they were probably wiser than me and thought and realized we're all the same. But so they started sharing on my first day with, you know, as you go around a circle or whatever. And then like one person after the next, like said some version of their share and their truth that like was me, you know? And it was like, this, this is a camera in here. Like somebody's like watching. I mean, this has got to be a prank. Cause it was like all these people just like were exactly like feeling the same way as I was. And they were, some of them were retroactive, like, you know, 10 years ago and saying something or even talking about how they felt today. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, like, how is this real? So that's my my goal is just to share uh, appropriately. And if someone hears anything that I'm sharing and has maybe that moment to realize, like, 
oh damn, I'm not like alone, you know, in this thing, whatever the version, you know, whatever that is, that's the goal is just to connect and just remind somebody that like, they're just not in it. They're just not alone. And do you, do you get people like reaching out to say that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why like I started doing podcasts, um, uh, to share that. Cause like, you know, it's without somebody asking you questions, sometimes it feels like, okay, guy, we get it, you know, but like on a podcast, you can kind of like, you, so I got a story real quick. So this is like the, my, the biggest part about sharing. So like I mentioned before, believe in the run, um, are friends of mine. Um, so Thomas from believe in the run asked me to be, to come on his, uh, or I actually joked and said like, Hey, uh, they had Elliot, they had somebody on that was really big. And I was like, I think it was Elliot Kipchoge. Well, did they interview him? I'm not sure. I think it was. But I'm like, yeah, they had him over the phone. And then so I messaged them. I'm like, oh, am I next? You know, obviously, right? After Kipchoge. <laughs> How are you going to follow that up? Right. And I think I had like 1,500 followers at the time. And like, I'm just being silly, you know? And they're like, yeah, sure. And so he interviewed me for 30 minutes, like on their live um, Instagram thing. And I shared... Yeah, so I shared my, uh, we're talking, but then I was like, I pulled so many, like, punches, you know, like, I just didn't share like I could have, you know, and wanted to. And then I got off the, the thing and, like, so many times I was about to say something that, like, was my truth and didn't. And then I got off the call and I felt just terrible. Like, I'm like, dude, what's the point of you doing all these, like, what's the point of having, like, Tommy Runs as a as a separate thing than, you know, my, my work name. Um, if I'm not going to like share the truth. And then, so I was like, whatever I do next, whatever I talk about next on the podcast, I'm going to, it's going to be the whole story, you know, or at least enough where I will get off the podcast feeling like I shared my truth. And then, um, I got on uh, rambling runner and I just said whatever I said. And, it's just really cool because every time I'm able to do that, and right after that, I got kudos. It wasn't like, hey, good job being an alcoholic. <laughs> it was just like, hey, um, I'm six days sober, or hey, I'm five years sober, or hey, I'm trying to get sober. And that means like the world, you know, to me. Yeah. And it means something to them too, you know. And I think when you start to hear those things from people, you're like, Damn, I gotta, it's my, it's my responsibility. Like someone helped me indirectly, yeah. maybe it's, I have to do the same for somebody else. And that's also, you know, a good feeling to know that you're there for somebody in all different walks of life, all different skin colors, grew up mm -hmm. in different neighborhoods, but yet like you walk into that room and you're all sharing that, that common ground and how mm -hmm. you're all going to get through it together. And I think that's, that's super powerful. I mean, that's a big part of who you are and, and how you move forward. You know, I think it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe how you grew up and were you active as a kid? Like now you're like, you're a runner, you're running marathons, great times, but did you, did you always think it would be like that or? No, no. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah. So like in, like growing up, it was like neighborhood vibes, you know, and we just did every sport 
probably possible and random. Um, so I was always active, like, you know, um, probably, probably more active than like this, like this generation of children right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, we, I, I think that the kids, like, I was saying to somebody the other day, like, I think every generation of like parents go like these kids these days, you know, um, <laughs> Like somebody was like, you know, these kids these days gyrating their hips, you know, back when, like, <laughs> you know, and then like it was like the it was like the world was gonna be over because of of gyration, but, um, but I think that the kids these days are decent, but um, they could just get out a little bit more. But so I was always active in that sense, and I played soccer from like, you know, five or something to like ten or eleven or something, and then I started playing golf right before high school. And I was like really into that, and it's not like the most like physical, um, but you know maybe I did like a lot of heat acclimation. I don't know. Um, so I wasn't like I never was like known to be like super like into sports like other than like watching. And so for me to be like decent at this, you know, um, running marathons and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy, like, because my mom actually was at, she, uh, I was on a workout on the track a couple of weeks ago, or like last week, and um, like, she didn't say anything, but like, uh, me and my friends were doing a workout, like, around the track, and we were going pretty quick, like, we were moving, and working hard, uh, and I was just, I was running around the track wondering, like, I wonder what she thinks right now, because she's like, she probably hadn't seen me run since, like, I was 10, you know? I mean, she's seen like I think she's been at like a marathon or whatever, but she'd never seen me move that quickly as like on this track, just working hard, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, I didn't think that this would be a thing ever. That's crazy. And and what does she think now? Like, what do people uh, who don't run think of you now? I, I mean, I I don't know about like other like I know she's like super proud of. I don't know if she's. I don't know if she's like proud of like the running part. I mean, she's obviously like, oh, wow, it's a great time. Like, she's kind of like tried to verse herself with like knowing what's good times and what's not and stuff like that because I'm doing it. But I think she's just really proud of of the person that I'm trying to become or the person that I am at the moment um, as a whole instead of not just like a runner, but like what I'm like representing in potentially helping other people. Um, yeah, it's not really like about none of this stuff i mean obviously like if you're a pro it's about your time um and personally like i want to pr and stuff like that and but none of this is really you know we're not doing this for a living like we're not you know lining up somewhere like making sure we don't breach breach our contract you know i think this is all about what you represent what energy do you put into the world and i think she's proud of the energy that i'm like that i'm creating and, and sharing is that something that she tried to instill in you growing up as a kid uh, I mean, yeah, uh, she, she in her, so my, um, so my, my, my father passed when I was eight. So she single parented me and my sister and I, um, and what she instilled was through action. I mean, she obviously talked to us, made sure we were good people and knew right from wrong and all that stuff. But, you know, watching her looking back watching her work and excel and not just work but she always seemed like she'd go into a new place or thing and somehow like just do and create and she didn't do it loud like hey look 
kids, look what I'm doing. She just always just made it happen and made it work and tried to make decisions that were for the, for our, for our, um, you know, betterment. So I think she showed us through example of how to just go do and create and progress, you know, and my grandmother too. And I mean, really, really every adult, like in my, my family that I looked, that I looked up to in our smaller family, everybody that to mind that I'm, that I think about is just a special like person that really, even in their time, like my grandmother has like a, has, has a, a master's plus two. And for her to be, she's 92 years old, mm. um, or she's about to turn 92. Um, at her time to, to have a master's, you know, think about growing up, you know, with, I think she finished her, she got their master's at like, in like the 60s or 50s or 60s or something like that. And so for her to do that at that time, when black women weren't like, that wasn't the, that wasn't the thing, you know, I mean, obviously we know what the 50s and 60s were like. Um, so like did that, that that's the examples that I have, you know, and I didn't do the school thing, but um, I try my best to remember like who made me, you know, so just keep pushing. Yeah. Keep pushing, work hard and it pays off regardless of what you do. You know, there's the, there's the school way for sure, but you know, not everyone makes it that way. So I don't think there's a right or wrong as long as we keep, we keep learning, you know, um, yeah. What were the learnings in your running? I want to hear about a little bit about that. Like, were there some early mistakes that you can look back on and be like, "Man, what was I? What was I thinking?" I mean, uh, uh, first mistake was like the was the wrong shoes. Um, you know, you got to get the right shoes. You got to get stuff that like makes sense, not just look cool. And brands are getting better at making the right shoes look cool too, though. So like, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I didn't. Early, it was like wrong shoes and wrong method altogether. Like every run doesn't have to be as fastest run as you've ever run, or every run doesn't have to be, you know, moderate even. Like it, I think that's the biggest lesson in the beginning was like learning that you know easy runs are good. You know, like easy runs, not just like I oh this feels easy for four miles, but like finding out, you know, running enough to know like, oh, okay, well, my real recovery easy pace is this or around this or what this is what it actually feels like. I could run like this forever, you know. Um, that was like the, one of the bigger things is like is is realizing that you don't have to push or exert much every time you run, you know. Because um, people say like, you know, that running is hard. It's like, but maybe it is it can be difficult but maybe it's because you're doing too much for like where you are at the moment um some people's easy pace is 13 minutes you know or 12 or 11 or whatever and some people's paces easy pace is seven um i had the honor and privilege to run with uh kira damato before she did a workout and <laughs> i'm like it uh, she's like, you want to do the warm up with me? I'm like, um, well, sure. I brought, <laughs> I brought my, I brought my Nike Vaporflies. I actually do have Vaporflies. 
And so she was like, you want to do this work, this warm up? I'm like, all right, cool. Like, she's like, what's your pace? Oh, shit. Oh, she kind of said a number. And next thing I know, like, she's full talking. We're running around this neighborhood at seven flat, which is not my easy. But she, yeah. it was apparently easy for her. And she said it was probably a little faster than easy, easy. Um, but just to show you, like, the, if her easy pace is 7, 7.30 and she's running two, what, 19 or 2.20 marathons, um, then my pace, easy pace, cannot be eight flat, you know? And that's just, like, that puts it in perspective because we think that, like, 8.30 is, like, oh, that's that's slow, you know? But really, like, we, we got to chill. The ego's a little, a little wild. But that's the biggest lesson, to slow down, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you explain that to people? Like, how do you explain easy to people? I uh, I do it by based on like numbers, you know, like because okay, okay. like some people say, oh, conversational pace, but then like conversational pace is weird because to me, I mean, I can talk, I can talk, we do it all a lot. We'll we'll be talking, moving pretty quick, you know, um, but there'll be a certain point in that pretty quick where it's like, okay, we got to stop talking, you know. <laughs> but we can, we could deceive ourselves and be running too fast and be talking for a couple of miles, you know, and then we realize oh, we, we overcooked it. But I, I think it's like, if you're, if you're goal time for, you just got to like back, like your easy pace should be two, three minutes slower than like your half, your, you know, half marathon pace or whatever. If you've been running enough, you know, like, okay, I can back this off by like two minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if my marathon time is like average is like six, 18 or something like that. My easy pace to me is, truly probably 8 30 ish you know and or even slower on some days and the more you train the more you run sometimes you'll just get out the door and it's like a nine minute flat day and you're just move, moving along but there's no rush that's the thing is there's nobody to prove strava is there and everybody can see it but you know who wants to like crush all your easy runs and so everybody's half proud of you and then have a bad race day you know no that's it yeah it's uh it's for you right like uh Man, I don't stop my watch. I just like, I just keep it going. I keep running. I, that's my workout. That's my workout. I'm not like trying mm-hmm. to bring my average down, splitting up my, you know, stuff. And I'll throw a hill in there once or twice to kind of like drive up my average. Uh, wh- where did you see the biggest improvement in your, in your own running? Um, just, um, like what, like what type of aspect? Like, no, just, you know, like, I think at a certain point, you know, you're running for so long and then all of a sudden it clicks. Like there's obviously when we first start, there's a more, yeah. you have yeah, a, yeah, like a, a steep trajectory of like, oh, better, better, better. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think when it happened was like actually recently, like I was just saying, I was just telling my friend Aaron yesterday, like I've never felt this good for this long. You know, I've never felt this like fit, I guess. Like I'm not like, marathon fit or whatever but you know i just never felt um like this before and i mean because i just started running in 2018 so it just shows you like how long it takes to for, to really like you know lock in on something like i've had some good races obviously so i'm not taking away from that i've had some good workouts i've had some good marathon training blocks but at the moment like i just feel like i just feel good you know and and I think it just it just comes with patience and just dedication to it. And the the when I ran those three marath I ran three marathons like in in sixty days or three months, um, September, October, November of last year. 
coming out of that and have, having been able to do all of those in sub three definitely did a lot for like my confidence and proof that my body can like do this, you know, and do something kind of crazy like that, especially for somebody new. Like I know there's people that have that do marathons in shorter and shorter time periods than that. But for someone that's fairly new and just that was like a that was just like a really cool and big thing for me. So that I think that kind of propelled me into this like different mindset of like I can my body is okay, like can handle it, you know, and, and trusting that and doing all the stuff like sleep and, you know, recovery and all that stuff that people say, do, do those things. Cause, um, with consistency, you'll see, you'll see some big gains. And maybe the gains from the weightlifting is helping. Yeah. I mean, well. I think it's, yeah, I think I started off like, I didn't start from like, I wasn't like couch to 5k, you know? Um, I started off fairly fit. Like I had, I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight since then, um, since lifting. Um, but I definitely started with a, with a good ticker, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that was cool. Um, but then also like, I don't want to, I'd be remiss to like, to not mention that I set my sights on, on qualifying for Boston right around a little over a year of me starting to run, you know, like, um, cause I ran a half in a, in a, in a, in a time or like I, I ran this 25 K trail race. It was a kind of flat or whatever. And my sister's like, you should try to qualify for Boston. You're fast enough, you know, if you, if you work at it. So we found out what that meant. And then as soon as I decided like that, I wanted to do it. I knew based on how I went out sobriety, I did not do that alone, you know? Um, and I did it with, with in around people that knew what they were doing. So I immediately was like, okay, I need a coach for this or somebody to help me get here. And, um, then I, I found through a lady that I ran with that Luke Humphrey running is a thing. That's what she was using. She was actually getting a coach by you know, to do ultras with with a guy. I think, dang, I forgot his name that fast. Uh, named Josh. Um, so I called Luke or emailed him, and then he asked me all my goals, and I got paired with Melissa Johnson White in like July of of two thousand nine two thousand nineteen, and I've been with her ever since. And she's just really helped kind of like mold like how I think about running and that patience um you know um and how to like move forward and she's been a really big help in keeping me like pulling me back because there's so many people that you look on Instagram dude everybody's doing 80,000 miles a week everybody's you know crushing their workouts everybody's doing all this stuff and you're like I'm itching like man that person did 80 miles I'm only at 30 come on we got to do you know she just made me slowly she just said, trust, you just got trusted, just got to work at it. We'll get there. We'll get there. And then, you know, over some years, I finally got to like where, you know, 50 miles a week is kind of like a 40 to 50 is kind of just like what what, what happens, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy to think. But like, you'll get to where you're going as long as you're patient and just stick to it. And you got that Boston too. So, I mean, yeah. after everything you've been through, I I know for me coming down that <clears throat> that final stretch on Boston, um, maybe, you know, just the journey of getting there, you know, we all have a story, we all have a journey, mm -hmm. but Boston is the pinnacle, I think of, of marathon running in my eyes anyways. And what did that mean to you uh, coming down that, that stretch? 
Um, yeah, so I ran Boston twice. So, like, I did it this year and then last year. Last year, I had a knee injury, like, four weeks before the race. So, like, it just kind of – it stunted the – like, I looked, literally had the almost harsh taper, like, four weeks out, which didn't really do very well for, like, the for the fitness of the race. Um, but I ran it like a dummy anyway. And by a dummy, I do mean, like, I went out at, like, goal pace. Like, I could still do it. You know, like, <laughs> somehow I'm fit enough. <laughs> And then, like, 13, 14 miles in, my knee was, like, at a 10, you know. And I just, the rest of the race, like, I barely remember because I was just, like, jog stop, jog stop, limp stop. You know, like, it was just terrible for me. And um, that's probably why, the, that's why the Redemption Tour, because that's what I called it when I did the three marathons in a row, um, had T-shirts and everything. It was so, <laughs> so ridiculous. The T-shirt was amazing. Like, guys. If you're listening to this, watching this, go back or just DM me or something. I'll send you what the shirt looked like. I want want to see it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. So my friend Aaron designed it, and he's like, dude, because I was like, I announced this redemption tour, and I'm like, I'm doing these three marathons. And then he's like, I got an idea for you. So I'm like, sure, whatever, because he knows that I'm definitely a type of person at this point where you just, if if I like an idea or like a thing, I'm going for it for sure. So he's like, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but look at this. So he showed me, and I'm like, this is wild, you know? It looked like a old school, like, it had, like, the old school, like, um, like hip-hop or, like, or like rock tour uh-huh. tees. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, with the big faces and this and that and, like, the big letters on it. And it was just, it was exactly like that. So I went to this thing. It had the dates on the back of the marathons. And I went to these people, and they made it. And, like, people bought the shirt, and so a bunch of people have it. It's nuts. <laughs> nuts. Um, I don't even know where I was going, but um, what, is, what was the question? Or just like what, like what it meant to How you after, after everything you've been through yeah. right now. So like coming back to Boston this year, it was really cool. Like my happiest moment was to have made it through the first 14, 15 months. I was thrilled to see like Newton, you know, like, okay, cool. I can, I trained for this. I, my leg's okay. Newton Hills, here we are. Like, so I was very happy then. And then when I crossed the finish line, it was a, it was a, the last few miles were rough. And so like, it took me a minute to be happy about it. Cause it was just so like, I was like, I was really in a dark place at the end there, but it looking back, like, so coming down the stretch, I was miserable, but looking back, it, it, it was just, it was just really cool to have PR there and have run a run, run a good race there. Um, and it just like, it's just so gratifying to like, to, do all the work and it pays off but then also to have looked back at like where i was six seven years ago and then even where i was last year at that time it's just it's just cool to have like a number that a time that rep that kind of represents like all the things before that moment you know mm-hmm. and that's your number right like it's yeah that's significant to you so yeah exactly to- it's a special, special thing for sure. And there's no place like Boston. I, I've run it a few times but myself. And I, But I, I do remember though, like at the end, I was like, cause I've, I've, I think my, my half PR at that, oh, before I had like a, my second to last, like half marathon PR was like 124.05. Like this is like from 2020, from 2020 actually, in the beginning before like the world blew up. Um, and I was coming down the stretch and I was like, I, was out of it but i remember thinking like 
don't slow down because like you just don't want it to say something something oh anything you know or oh one or oh two you know like because you could have just you know so i like just try i didn't gun it because i just didn't have that much left but i just held the pace as, as like long as i could and then i crossed and then my finish finish time was 246.59 oh <laughs> so i was like because oh. if it said 247 i would have been like yo dude you could have took a couple steps faster you know man i know what that is like yeah yeah i was trying to i my best marathon time was 245 oh like two oh man and i was like you're almost I've been, I've been trying to work i've been working on that now for like the last like four years after oh, and you know i gave everything i had i i know that but it's mm. just like could i just have maybe a little more a gel you know like yeah, what a yeah, one gel <laughs> like you know maybe i should have took an extra sip of that water or you know yeah. something or oh, i ran the tangent like it's all stupid you know yeah so i was sure. just like you know i do remember thinking that like i i just push see what happens and when it said fit like 246.59 because you never know when you're looking at the clock because like by then math is 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 not even a thing you yeah know? You, and, you can do and when you cross cross the map uh sorry the yeah the, the mat compared yeah. to what you see is it's also yeah, it's, it's, yeah because like yeah i'm like okay how many minutes did i start after the thing like and it was just like i don't know because I think it said like 248 or 249 or something like that on there. And I was so out of it. I couldn't even, it, maybe it's just me, but like I have, I don't even look at the, the my if I looked down, it would have said like while running the last mile, I could have looked down and said, it would have said like 242 or 243. But I never, I, when I get that far into the race, I can't even look at that for some reason. Um, all I see is like the average pace, you know, or whatever the split is. Um, but I guess I could have would have known that, but I just so out of it that like <laughs> it took me for so long to realize I ran two forty six something. Um, you, I, I wanted to ask, do you have any tips for gear? Like you have a lot of shoes there, I see. Um, <laughs> um, you know, just for anybody listening, what do I get? What do I buy? How, like I usually just say try on ten different brands and see what you like. Yeah. But what would you yeah. su- kind of suggest? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I suggest like going, it sounds lame, but like going to a store and just like literally putting your foot in some shoes. Um, if you're like here in Michigan, go to Gazelle Sports. They're a supporter of mine big time. Um, I'm actually an ambassador for them. Um, but it's like go to a store and just try on some shoes and just see what, you know, see what you like, see what you, what the, the look of a shoe can can be a big deal, but make sure it's a good shoe for you. Um, in you know, because like not everybody has like the the ability to have ten pairs of shoes or five even or three. So just know what you what you can afford and and find something for yourself in that you know um, in that range that 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 will support you through your journey. Because one thing that a lot of brands seem like they're doing a good job of is like creating this like middle random like shoe that kind of could do a lot. Um, so I su- de- definitely suggest like trying to find something that's maybe not just like a, like a big lugger of a shoe that's for all just miles, find something that's a little dynamic, you know, and, um, that you can maybe run a little faster in, and maybe it feels comfortable for easy days. Um, so these, there's even a couple like carbon plated shoes right now, like some uh, super shoes that are so comfortable that like, if 
you had the money to pay for the super shoe, but not like you didn't have enough money to have like a super shoe, an easy day shoe, a you know, training shoe or an interval shoe, whatever. You could use this one shoe for a lot of things. And for a long time, like, I don't think that was the case. Like super shoes weren't necessarily all that comfortable, but they're doing a better job at like kind of bridging that gap. Yeah, that's a tricky, the carbon shoe thing. I find yeah, even for myself, like I have carbon shoes, but sometimes I tend to, even for races, fall into a non-carbon shoe just because I feel more comfortable in it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's maybe the, the trap maybe a lot of runners feel is like, oh, I got to get the carbon because that's where the technology's at. But if you're just not used to it, it can actually do more harm than good. Exactly. So, yeah, I always find that interesting. Um, you're kind of connected to like a few different places. Like you grew up, you were born in New York, if I have that right. And you lived in mm -hmm. Detroit and then lived in um massachusetts as well mm -hmm. where's your you have a go-to run spot or man um yeah in in the area we run like everywhere um yeah it's just like any place like we we near people's houses you know like or like well you know we'll we'll somebody comes over here we've got a few spots where you just run from and um you run with gary i'm not sure if you know gary is a runner if you run with gary um don't get don't get don't get detached from him because you will get lost because he runs like these crazy weird routes <laughs> like one day one day we last like like last week or something like that we did eight miles within a mile and a half of of uh the start <laughs> we were just like in this neighborhood going down cul-de-sacs like like and, and then you look at the thing this is nuts but we just we run it we run wherever um um and it's funny because I keep saying we run it because I, I run with we run three one three, but like whenever the group runs, they do them in Detroit um, at like set locations. But on Sundays, we kind of bounce all around. But all the days in between, it's like whatever works out. And I try my best to run with my friends too because I know a lot of people love running solo, but um, I love running with my friends and especially when they're in marathon training or long periods of time of like just going at it. It's tough to do solo all the time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Lance and Joe are doing some great things. Uh, yes, I'll, they are. Yeah, I'll have to have them back on this this podcast. Oh, yeah, they were on the Laurent on the Laurent. Yeah, I had I had yeah. Lance on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was dope. Um, and it's so cool to see um, people that I know and people that are from Detroit and um, the two of them, especially that like rep that started in in building something amazing in Detroit for Detroit and for people that don't have, that didn't grow up seeing um, this really healthy and, and positive activity. Um, so to see them changing that narrative and, and pushing for it in a, in a big way, in a, in a, in a business sense too, like it, it's, it's like they're they're kind of covering like all the all the bases you know like they've got like the the community aspect um that's for the community but i love the fact that they're it's black ownership as well and it's black business um working with bigger white business to bring resources that they're able to touch and 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 command to to show people like what's pos what's possible, you know, maybe not even in just running, but like you can see like, oh, if they can do this and start something that means something, you know, in this industry, maybe by 
association and like example, you know, I can do something else. Like I think their example for me, even though they're younger than me, like their example of like, there's a space for us in this thing. Um, kind of, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I would be like right here right now. Um, if it wasn't like for them showing that like, it doesn't have to be just about likes and kudos and stuff. It can be about creating something that helps people while not being taken advantage of by brands that just want to tap in. Right. Yeah. And that's a powerful movement that they're, that they're making. There's no post or video that they put out. That's going to be bigger than the actual work that they're doing on the ground. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're doing is significant and uh, I th- it's really it's really impressive I think and um, I, I, I hope to one day get down there to, to be able to run with with um, with you guys and yeah, that'd be dope yeah it'd be so sick um, is there a message that you want to share um, through through running to people like is there is there something in you that that you want to make sure, sure people know um, well, I always, it's always like that, that, uh, two things kind of like one is that you're, you're not alone, like outside of running and in running too. like, you're just not alone. Like there's, there's so many times that we're just in this life thing and where we just feel like we're like, we have to be the only people going through this moment. Um, my son is actually runs on the cross country team. And one of the kids that was like one of the faster ones on his team, there was like the state meet and he was going past me and I don't know if he was running, you know, well as he wanted to, but I had run with him a couple of times just like to volunteer. And so I kind of knew, I knew his name and he went by and he just looked like he was kind of struggling when he was coming up. And then I told him, um, uh, everyone, everyone is, everyone is suffering. It's not just you. And he didn't, he didn't like say anything. He kind of just looked at me and kept going. But come to find out, his mom told me later that, like the fir- the that helped him in the last bits of the race because he kind of looked around and saw that like he wasn't the only one huffing and puffing, and he actually was able to like pull something from that and say, "Oh, okay, it's, I'm not trash, you know. Let's just everybody's hurting." So like that's the biggest thing for me is to like, remind people that you're just not alone in this thing at all. Um, and then the second is that you can like it sounds like you can do this too, you know in not like, oh, you can do what Tommy Runs is doing, but there's so many moments in life where we've overcome big obstacles, small obstacles, proven to ourselves that we can do something that we never thought we could, whether it's like tying your shoe for the first time or like getting that mortgage paid or something. Um, and all you have to do is like remember all those times that you have overcome something, pull out whatever lessons you learned from that, apply it to what you're doing right now, and you can do this too. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I, I sometimes look back just in my own experience and say like, how the hell did I get out of that hole? Like yeah. what, what was I thinking? Well, how did I get there? And then, mm-hmm. and I never, you know, you're just like, you just, you're just in such a tough spot and you just don't think there's any way out, but somehow there's always a way, I think, you know, yeah. is the idea behind it. And I think those yeah. are really good cues too for, for young people as well, like your son and um, 
that people it's not just you out here mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's other people in the world too right but yeah. what's next for you tommy um short racing having some fun um berlin actually uh, the adidas like kind of like i was somewhat of a surprise like um hit me with the registration so i'm like okay let's go yeah why not uh, yeah yeah so uh so berlin and um we got some other travel like with like some you know influencer content vibes but all excited to keep running and see what berlin looks like no i, I was there last year it was it was sick it was really yeah. really cool and the world record broken there and it was, it oh was pretty God. pretty awesome yeah and if those travels uh fly you to switzerland to drop me a drop me a line <laughs> yeah yeah okay i sure will yeah <laughs> i think i maybe i think i'm going to utmb oh cool yeah not, not to fun. run not to run but you know to do some stuff yeah 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 to to enjoy and, and, and witness the craziness of running that's mental yeah can't uh, i'm with you i'm i can't picture myself doing anything like that quite yet but i think mm -hmm. i'm gonna stay in the marathon for now but um yeah yeah. yeah, I just want to say, Tommy, thanks so much for accepting my invitation. Uh, appreciate all the work that you do and you're inspiring to me. Um, and I hope people are inspired by the things you had to say today. So um, look forward to getting this one out. No, no, I, I just, thank you so much. Like I said in the beginning, thank you much, so much for inviting me and having me on the show. Um, you do a great job and good work. And um, I hope that if anybody is listening to this, that they took something away from it. Take care, man. You too. Thanks for tuning in to the Just In Stride podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen and I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please take a minute after this to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. With your feedback, we'll be able to make the show even better and it'll help us reach new listeners too. You can also find us on Instagram at Just In Stride Pod for all the latest episodes and updates. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without a solid team behind me with logo and design by Vanessa Pugliese, as well as audio, music, and editing by Forrest McKay, a huge thank you goes out to both of them. Guest outreach, social media, writing, and advertising are handled by me, your host, Justin Pugliese. Finally, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for coming along for the ride with Justin Stride.